Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the Low Back Pain Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Grant Elliott with Rehab Fix Online Low Back Program and today's topic is what causes low back pain? We're going to dive into the science and I'm also going to give you a little bit of my personal opinion on what causes back pain and what you can do to reduce your chances of suffering from it and of course improve your chances of recovering from it. Now, if you have not joined my private Facebook group yet, it is called Rehab Fix Low Back Program on Facebook. It will be linked in the show notes to this. You want to go join this Facebook page because I am providing step-by-step guides on exactly how we go through the step-by-step process to help individuals around the world identify the kind of disc herniations they have and how to reduce their sciatica if they have Sadika, we go through a step-by-step process and you will be tagged in that upon joining that group. And I'm also answering individuals' questions one-on-one straight from my opinion. So there's a high level of value in this free group. Go join Rehab Fix Low Back Program Facebook page. Now, what causes low back pain? This is a question I probably get every week. What causes back pain, Grant? Why does my back hurt? Where did this come from? I have two big answers for you. Two big answers. You will not like the first answer, but you might like the second. So listen through this entire podcast. Listen through. Now, for people who are just wondering, why do I hurt? Why do I have back pain? For most individuals who suffer from lower back pain, It is typically insidious. It usually starts to creep up. You start to feel a little bit tight. Slowly gets worse, slowly gets worse, slowly gets worse. You're just hoping, hey, this week was good. Maybe it'll be better next week. And then it comes back around. Well, this day I felt good. Maybe I'll just put it off. Next thing you know, a year goes by. You have back pain and you're being limited from doing the things you want to do. That's not the cycle you want to get sucked into. But that's the cycle a lot of people are in. Now, For those people, they're really wondering, what caused this? Why did this just start to happen, right? For other individuals, it can be very obvious what caused their back pain. A lot of our clients will describe this classic scenario where they're bending over to pick something up and they feel a pop in their low back. It was really stiff, hard to stand up straight. The next morning they woke up, could barely get out of bed. That's a very obvious disc herniation, disc obstruction type issue that we do very, very well with in our program. It's about 90% of our clients have that type of lower back disc injury. And that's a very obvious reason. Why do I have back pain? Well, I felt it. I know why it happened. I bent over and I felt a pop or I was squatting to fatigue, felt a pop. I was deadlifting, maybe rounded a little bit too much with fatigue. My body's not used to rounding, felt a pop. Those are obvious reasons. Why did it happen? You know why. But for most individuals, it is insidious. So let's get down to the science, okay? Here's the answer you are probably not going to like. Why are you not going to like this answer? I'll tell you. The reason why is because people want to know a definitive reason for what's causing their pain and why it happened. They want to know what is the problem. They're looking for someone to tell them exactly what is it. What can I blame? I want to blame something. I want to know exactly what it is. A lot of people feel that way you are not going to like this answer. The truth is, is that 90% of low back issues are non-specific, meaning you cannot 
possibly blame one specific thing for your current pain state. So we cannot say it is this exact tissue. We cannot say it was this exact movement. We cannot say this is the exact fill in the blank that's causing it. That, based on the evidence, isn't possible. And that really frustrates some people because they want to know, well, you're telling me you don't know? No, it's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we can't blame one specific thing because let's face it, a lot of people, they want to know what the problem is. What's the problem? What's the problem? Oh, you can't tell me? All right, let me go get an MRI. The MRI will tell me. No, the MRI will lie to you all day long. That is also a trap in its own that should be carefully considered. There are specific reasons to pursue imaging. A reason to pursue imaging is not to really identify what the problem is for your typical low back pain experience. That is not a good reason. It can cause more harm than good. We see it all the time. People get an MRI. Next thing you know, they're getting injections because they see something on it and they're blaming that one thing. That's what we mean. You cannot blame one specific thing for 90% of lower back issues. And it frustrates a lot of people because they want to blame something. They want to know exactly what it is. So for other individuals, we can have a better idea of what it is based on what will make them better. Okay, so when we go through our assessments with our clients, there's usually two type of movements that we will take them through. 90% of our clients have been diagnosed with a disc herniation or disc herniation signs and nerve root inflammation as well, sciatica going down the leg. There's usually two sequences that we go through with these individuals. One of them, typically a repetitive movement screen, a mechanical assessment, will determine if it is majorly a disc-related issue. And I say majorly because, once again, it's still in that 90% category. I can't say it's only a disc. Ethically, I cannot say that because that's not what the evidence supports. You might see someone writing articles like that, but the evidence does not support that. So it would be majorly a disc-related problem. So we will start their program with the disc approach that we use. For some people, they'll only get so far with our disc-based movements that we perform during our assessment. So then we start to work on the nerve instead. We start to do nerve root-based movements, nerve root mobilizers, nerve root desensitizers. And if they get a lot better with that, then we can say, okay, this is probably majorly a nerve root problem. Once again, I say majorly because there could be multiple other factors involved. So in those particular contexts, when we get a client who gets... It happens multiple times, 40%, 50% improvement in their back pain in about five or 10 minutes during our assessment calls, the exact same assessment calls that you could be having right now if you took action on your low back. Instead of just listening to podcasts all day and watching YouTube videos, you could be doing this yourself. There's a plug right there. We can be very confident that, okay, this is the main category you're in, so this is what we're going to emphasize within your program. Now, the second big answer to what causes low back pain, this is the one that you might like, and that is a little bit more of my personal opinion. So the first answer, what causes low back pain, 90% of the time, we don't know exactly, and that's the truth. However, here is my personal rebuttal to that, my personal rebuttal. You can agree or disagree. You can leave it in the comments below on this post, if I share this on Instagram or YouTube or whatever, okay? 
I would like to hear your opinion. Let's say we lived in a society where everyone's kidneys just happened to shut down around like 60 or 70. And so it was routine that people were on dialysis or some kind of kidney support for the last 10 to 15 years of their lives. Let's just pretend there's a society in which that exists. It's just normal. That's just what happens. It's just what happens. Okay. But at the same time, in that particular society's drink routines, their, their beverages that are that are primarily utilized in that society. Let's say there's a little bit of alcohol in every single beverage that they consume. A little bit of alcohol in every single beverage. Well, long-term consumption of alcohol, as we know, will lead to kidney damage, okay? So in that particular society, they would say, hey, you know what? Maybe 90% of the time, it's just it's just part of being a human. You're just going to have kidney issues when you're older. That's just, that's just the way that it is. 90% of the time, it's just the way it is. But there's an obvious gap in regards to what most of the society is doing. So you're studying a population who mostly is drinking alcohol all the time. Let's relate that to the exact statistic that I just gave you regarding back pain. 90% of people, unexplainable back pain. Okay. Most of society does not practice back health. So we're making our statistics based on the average person. The average person is not proactive about their back health, is not proactive about their understanding of pain, is not proactive about their movement habits. So we're studying a population that does not implement low back practices, that is not proactive about their low back health, and we're implying that, well, it's somewhat normal. 80% of human beings alive will experience low back pain at some point in their life. So we're saying, hey, you know what? It's just kind of normal. It just kind of is what it is. And to a certain extent, that's true. But what I'm implying is that we're studying a population that is not proactive about their low back health. So how would that be different if we implemented some simple changes? Just like that society who has a little bit of alcohol in all of their beverages. What if they decide, you know what? Let's, as a society, let's start to eliminate beverages with alcohol in it and have some beverages that do not have any. Then how would that change their statistics, right? You see what I'm getting at here? So what would change if most of society started being proactive about their low back health and what does that look like? What does that look like? Here's my opinion on what could possibly change this for the world. Our movement practices are poor, but Even in those who are moving frequently, going on daily walks, running, exercising, they still get low back issues too. Not as much as people who are sedentary, but they still get low back issues too. So one, if everyone moved more, just simply moving more, that would reduce these statistics. That would reduce it. That 80% of people who get low back pain at some point in their life, that would reduce. Okay. Now, additionally, let me take it a step further. And this is a huge component of my program. I'm I'm giving out some secrets right here, okay? A huge component is specifically the movements that you are providing your spine. So what I mean is, yes, we need better movement habits, but specific movement habits of your spine, specifically related to the direction of the spine that you're getting the least of. So I'm not going to give away all our secrets here. I can't, okay? Mostly because it's it's specific to each individual. So I don't want to give out prescriptions and 
have people writing angry emails at me. But here's what I'll tell you. Think about the position of your spine that you are in most of the day. Consider the ranges of motion that your spine is not getting most of the day and give it more of that. If I had my elbow bent all day long and I never straightened my elbow, eventually something's not going to feel good. Okay, I can't have my elbow bent all the time. It's made to straighten. It's made to go the other direction. So with my spine, I want you to think about what could you do to take your spine a direction it does not go enough. Maybe for a painter who's standing, you know, painting ceilings all day, they are not getting enough flexion in their spine. They need to start doing more flexion. Maybe there's someone who sits at their desk all day long, which is most of you listening, flexing all day long. Well, let's go the opposite. Let's go into extension. What I just said to you is a $2,000 tip. You might not think it is, but it is because I know the value of this information. Good information becomes exponentially more valuable when you get nothing but bad information for weeks, months, and years when you're struggling with low back issues, being provided quick fixes, or just ineffective treatment going back every week. Valuable information is valuable. And what I just gave you, the principle, I'm giving you principles here because you need to learn how to apply them and build them into your life so it can be sustainable. This is exactly what we teach people to do in our program, okay? This principle is worth $2,000. Think about the movements of your spine that it is not getting and give it more of that. $2,000, put it in the bank, invest it in your low back health and get better. So this is the overall evidence-based and my own personal opinion, my own little theory on what causes lower back pain. And if you are tired of lower back pain, jump in our private Facebook group, Rehab Fix Low Back Program. Join the group, ask questions, engage, learn more about how you can address these issues and you get to ask me questions personally and submit any questions you have to the Facebook Lives that I do in there. We would be honored to help you assuming you're ready to get better. You gotta be ready to flip that switch as well. And if you're watching this podcast on YouTube, please like, comment, and subscribe. If you are listening on your favorite podcast platform, please leave a five-star rating and review. Share with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, move more, move in the sun, and move in nature. I flipped those two. I wonder if you noticed. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.